May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. While I have enjoyed teaching as an adjunct professor at Union Theological Seminary and serving as a guest lecturer at Columbia School of Social Work and other institutions from time to time, this new reality has reminded me that I stay far away from majoring in education in college for a reason. I never wanted to teach children and couldn't envision this for my life. Now, I've had to teach five days a week, serve as lunch lady, recess monitor, school nurse, and guidance counselor. I thought being a parent was hard. It seems that being an educator has more than enough challenges today. My children attend Catholic school, and of course this means that religion is a subject. This is just enough to keep me from going off the deep end. Every week, their weekly assignments reflect the seasons of the Christian liturgical calendar. Just a few days ago, our son Noah's first grade religion lesson read, we gathered together to worship. There was a connect the dots exercise he had to complete. It featured people walking down a winding path. They were families with children on that path. Children pulling a wagon were on that path. Single persons were walking that path. Some of the people were carrying Bibles. Atop the exercise, the instruction read, find out where these people are going. It was a beautiful picture of all God's people walking to church. The image from the page was that of a beautiful church with an open door, beautiful stained glass windows, a prominent rose window, and a pretty tall steeple featuring a gold cross. In the end, the assignment reads, every week we gather to worship God in our church. Our parish church is a holy place. God is with us there in a special way. And so as the saga to begin what another country calls a normalization plan or reopening our economy, we still do not know when we will gather together in person to worship again. We don't know when we will see each other's smiling faces, offering prayers together, serving the least among us together. Aside from construction that was taking place in our sanctuary, we are not able to gaze upon the beautiful mosaic tiles that makes Christ Church a unique and specific way of honoring God. Not unlike my periodic adjunct professorial work, this community in Athens where Paul found himself preaching was filled with intellectuals. They thrived on a good lecture. Their appetites were always ready for good debate, stimulating discussion, or an outright argument for argument's sake. Paul was working at a disadvantage here. The Athenians saw him in large part as simply another person peddling good ideas. They did not make it easy and Paul was on the defensive from the beginning. They were not ready to believe the message he was expressing. I have not always agreed with Paul for sure. In fact, I have taken issue with much of his proclamation at times and challenged it. However, here, 
he got some things right for the sake of promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. We have just seen our unemployment numbers skyrocket to 36 and a half million persons in need of help. We have seen our food sources overcharged for the basic necessities for our sustenance, unlike anything we've seen in nearly 50 years. We have seen an increase in mental health issues, addiction issues, and domestic violence issues, in addition to our economic issues. Beloved, this is a time when we need the church. Yes, I grew up in a small town church. We lived two blocks from the church where I grew up. So needless to say, we were always there. Every extracurricular activity my brother, sister, and I were engaged in outside of school was connected to the church. Oh, how we needed the church then. I know the generations before me needed the church because of what it represented in the community. It wasn't just a place for Sunday worship and seeing my church friends. It was a place that nourished our souls. It was a place that helped to reinforce our prayer life. It was the place for community service, outreach activities, and organizing. It was a place in that vein that would have allowed us to fight for justice on behalf of Ahmed Arbery and Breonna Taylor. It was the place that brought us joy. Here we are today, two millennia after Christ, but still in need of him. We need the church, but we've been reminded that the building cannot contain our Jesus, neither the power of the Holy Spirit. As with the people whom Paul encountered, they were religious. The environment reflected a deep desire to worship. It was the ways in which this worship was evidenced that Paul took issue with. The worship of idols will not compete with the God Paul preached to this body. He told them about the God who was the maker and master of the universe, the source of all life, the Lord of all nations, the indwelling spirit of every single individual. The question became, is being in a building the only way to worship? He told them the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by humans. In some ways, it reminds me of something I read in Barbara Brown Taylor's recent book, Holy Envy. As she encountered multiple expressions of faith, she writes, I have found something to envy every place I have been. The parking lot, hospitality at Passion City, the graceful dancers who wave banners of red silk over our heads at Our Lady of Lords, the refugee ministry at the storefront church, the blissful stillness of the Quakers. But none has compared to my first experience of the Church of the Common Ground, which meets at a public park in the heart of downtown Atlanta. We're like any other church, their website reads. We just don't have a building. I envy that, she says. God has not left us despite the fear, anxiety, and depression some may feel. We are called to be more faithful now than ever before. We are called to be more engaged in service now than ever before. 
Even though we are preaching a message, singing the songs of Zion, and offering prayers from our homes, we are still being the church. I heard a preacher say, you can be physically distant, but virtually, prayerfully, or spiritually present. We are not only social beings, we are spiritual beings. What a powerful word today when we cannot gather in the church house. We cannot gather for worship. What a powerful word today where we are unable to receive the bread and wine. We are not able to experience baptism together. Yet, we have to remind ourselves that we are still God's people. Oh yes, on this day, the scripture reminds us that God whom we worship is not trapped in bricks and mortar and is not put in a box. We do not have to go to the synagogue, the mosque, or the church, to the places of worship to experience God only. Today, we are reminded that this God is beyond that. This God breaks the boundaries of time and space. This God we worship, the God that is, oh yes, the God that is everywhere. Do you believe that today? Oh, I believe it because I can feel this God in my spirit. I know because the word of God is true that where two or three are gathered in God's name, God is with us. We've made the mistake in thinking that we must be gathered in a specific place a location and a designated venue at a specific time in order for God to meet us. The scripture does not say God will only show up at the church. It doesn't say that God will only show up at the synagogue. And it doesn't say that God only shows up at the mosque. It doesn't say even that God shows up only in our homes. But the text tells us, if I am correct, that if two or three gather in my name, God will come and be among us. So you can be over on the east side and I can be on the west side of Manhattan. Someone can be in Queens and another person can be in Westchester or someone can be on another continent. Then Christ is in the midst of them. And it is in him that we live and move and have our very being. This God is in the midst of us. That's the message for today. The message is simple. God is. God is everywhere. God is in you. This God is in our hearts. We carry God with us. For it is in God that we live and move and have our very being. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.